Aloha, loyal listeners to the Real Nerds Podcast. I am Ryan, and next to me, of course, is... Brad! Hey, Brad. This week we are reviewing Horrible Bosses. But first, let's get to some real news. Awesome. So, I was going to go ahead and let you start this week, because the show is all about me, and I always talk so much so brad what news do you have for me this week are you just putting me on first because you have no news yourself no i do okay i'm just letting you go first because i'm not a total dick i guess uh (laughs) um save the best for last so that's what you're saying is my news isn't that important well pretty much all right well people um, to be excited so they'll fall asleep during when you're while you're talking and then they'll be picked right back up while i speak normally i don't have any news to provide for the show um but actually this week um something caught my eye uh, the Office announced that uh, they have decided on a new CEO for the company. Really? I didn't even hear anything, and I'm an Office so fan. So if you're an Office fan um, and you don't want to know, you want to be surprised by the season premiere, stop listening for about five minutes, and here we go. <laughs> I think my favorite potential boss character from the season finale of last season, he they decided on him as uh, not only becoming like taking over Michael Scott's job, but he does it so well that he takes over Joe's job as well. And that was, he didn't have a name in the season finale, but they made one up in between seasons. And that is Robert California, James Spader's character, <laughs> nice. which I thought um, out of all the choices, I thought he would have the best, while not like copying the Michael Scott dynamic, um, they chose a character that uh, is still weird and disturbing uh, uh, but also like has his own like adds a new dynamic so it's uh an overly successful character that the other characters are completely not used to and don't know how to deal with yeah it's a good choice i mean of all you're right of all the people in the season finale mm. he was the one who kind of stood out the most you know he the one like one that could still do that job and have, have a, a logical reason for being able to keep that position yeah and um sorry i cut you off no it's all right no i, was, I agree you know i think what they needed in that show because they kind of needed the opposite of steve carell because you really don't want to like you've because well, done a character yeah. and like if you do the same you're running you might run into doing the same kind of storylines over again exactly and he's kind of a nice foil to jim and dwight i think him and dwight are gonna have great moments and also you know one of the things with steve carell and what i think makes him such a likable person as an actor and that show he was you know, he always crossed a line, but for some reason you always liked Michael Scott because mm-hmm. it seems even though he crossed a line, his heart was always in the right place and he didn't understand. I mean, one of the episodes that always stands out to me when he does that is his it's his birthday and Kevin gets he might have cancer. And so Michael tries to turn it around that it's about Kevin instead of about him when it's really about Michael. Right. And he I starts think, using Kevin yeah. to get people interested in you know his birthday and i mean he did that before when his boss got decapitated yeah you know he tried to play off people's sympathy for him but for some reason steve carell is such an amazing actor that you actually do like him a lot even though he does sometimes horrible things and i think uh james spader character might be a little different where he's kind of the alpha male and um yeah i don't know it's different because James Spader's character is not clueless like Michael Scott was. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting change for the show. You yeah. know, this character who does have all the answers, has everything figured out. And uh, it's also because he's not going to just be the boss of that office. 
someone who's at a corporate like uh, national position is going to be reigning over the one branch. Yeah. So I don't know if he, uh, I suspect maybe he won't be the final choice, but he might, like he'll be an important part of the entire season, but I don't think he's going to be permanent either. Yeah. So um, the other thing is you're saying Michael Scott, like he's, I've been watching the season again recently, the series again recently, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see how in the first season he's such a, like he's a total dick. Like there's yeah. no redeeming qualities about him. He's really rude. And then, you know, by the en- end of his run, Michael Scott actually has a bit of like charm and heart to him. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess my point is people complain that the show has lost its legs and, you know, it's not as entertaining anymore. And I don't think it's as strong as it used to be, but I don't find myself hating it. Like it still provides entertainment for me sometimes. Well, so. I think sometimes people get stuck in such um, comfort zones. And I mean, and I'm, and I think people who watch shows expect the shows to always be the same. Yeah. But the natural evolution of a character, I mean, it goes back to Stewie on Family Guy. You can't have Stewie trying to kill Lois every episode. It just gets old. Yeah. And so you have to have an evolution of the character. And I actually think um, Steve Carell's movie success and how people he plays in the movies, whether it be Evan Almighty or uh, I forget his character's name in Little Miss Sunshine or The 40-Year-Old Virgin, is he's a, he's a really likable person. Mm. And so you really couldn't have that rough edge to him too much longer because the first season is only six episodes but i think mm-hmm. right around season two he starts you know changing uh, even the first episode the dundies i mean he still likes his employees and yeah i think in that episode he actually has one of my favorite michael scott quotes ever where he says do i want people to love me or hate me i want them to love me uh what is it no do i want them to be scared of me or do i, w- do I want people to love me or be afraid of me i want them to be afraid of how much That's they love yeah. me and I, I totally messed that lineup, but I love that Michael Scott quote because I think that's actually the essence of his character in that show. And so, yeah, hopefully James Spader will be a nice dynamic to it because I think the show can actually survive with just Jim and Dwight and yeah. uh, because it's a really big ensemble piece. The other thing is, um, you know, the past seasons have all been about, um, like, the really good episodes that people claim that they wish were still on the show. Or, like, they would build episodes around a theme about yeah. the office and i agree like last season and maybe a little bit into season six they would just write episodes about the characters each and that's how yeah. they built up the the that's how they made the ensemble characters like kevin and oscar like all them more interesting mm-hmm. and yeah so the show has lost that uh original structure of here's a theme like sexual harassment or yeah. you know raises or but you can only go so far with it you know what i mean yeah and, like and so change has to happen and, and i still so... think the show is genuinely funny i mean it's what i always liked about the show is it doesn't rely on sitcom craziness i mean the characters provide it for you and it's really subtly written and I mean, my favorite. Ep- do you have? Do you have a favorite episode of The Office? I, I like too many. I don't think I could pick one. See, my favorite episode is actually the season three. I think it's the premiere of season three. Is Gay Witch Hunt, <laughs> where Michael finds out Oscar's gay, and I just I, I love that episode because uh, it it teaches Michael that he crosses a line, and then he tries to fix it. But by trying to fix it, he makes the line. He crosses the line so far. Yeah, he he goes. He tries too hard to fix it. Yeah, yeah and you know, I love the tag at the end where Oscar gets like two months paid vacation and uh, so it's kind of I, I really like that episode it's my it's my favorite episode of the office yeah in closing just like like people expect them to be able to keep constantly putting out this the same good stuff um based on what they have but i mean it's just not natural like things are gonna they gotta change characters they gotta put characters in other positions and stuff and yeah things always progress you know and i 
I mean, I'm a big fanboy, but at the same time, I understand why you have to make changes. I, I never... Um, like, people say Jim and Pam are boring now, but it's like, what... Well, I mean, they're a happy are, couple, so... Yeah, I mean, that's you what want couples them are. They're problems. boring. Like, you can't... If you write them as wacky parents, like, that's yeah, ridiculous. That's exactly. And like, you know, where else do you go with them? Um, you know? Jim's humor comes when he's at work, you know, yeah. and I think when he's with Pam, I don't think it should be, like, zany funny. Because mm. I don't think it ever was with those two. I always thought it, it had... There was always that tension for the first few seasons, and then when they got together, it was, you know, really cool. Yeah. Well, that was the most interesting part of them, was, like, that tension. Was, yeah. Like, like, we knew they were going to get together at some point. It's just how many pitfalls are they going to run to before that happens? And now that they're, they're together, you know, yeah, there's not much else you can do with them, but, you know, Jim can still pull pranks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, and if you miss that tension, like, just go watch old episodes. Yeah, you know, and... Uh... I mean, I'm watching 24 season eight again, and I remember when we—I think we actually have a podcast about talking about on Nebcast. Nebcast, check it out. Uh, we actually have it talking about the season and how you thought it was very similar to previous seasons. But I actually thought uh, watching it again, um, the whole Dana Walsh storyline isn't as bad as I remember it. You know, it's a lot like season two with the the cougar chasing. Kim Bauer, you, it sticks out in your head because it's so dumb in a show that's so clever. And but when you watch it, I think jumbled together, like in one sitting on, on DVD, I think it actually plays a lot better. That's an interesting thing about Twenty Four that I've noticed uh, growing up with it is I started out watching it on DVD, and I think that's the best way to watch Twenty Four is being able to watch an extended set of episodes in one mm-hmm. sitting. Um, and then when I started actually watching it, catching it on television week after week it's you, you're not able to remember certain nuances yeah, i agree between episodes whereas when you're you know binge watching it you really quickly you're able to recall certain details they played upon like in the previous episode and yeah you lose that in the week to week because you have seven days to sit yeah. back and just remember the more iconic parts of the episode instead. yeah because i mean actually i think season eight has like two of my some of my favorite episodes in 24 you know the one where president Hassan's already dead i love that episode <laughs> I think it's so clever because you know you ha- you've, you're used to the nukes in 24, but to have it be actually the catalyst for killing the president of some fake Arab country uh, because they didn't want to piss off real people. But you know, so I really uh, I really enjoyed that. You know, I think too. Uh, I know you haven't watched Lost, but I actually got into Lost after the show was over. Mm. And James w- always told me because I always meant to get it and watch it but it's one of those shows where I, I was never sure because i mean what you heard about lost was you know the smoke monster they're stuck on this island it's ridiculous but our friend james who's not at this on this podcast which by the way well, come on james come on his excuse was that he didn't know there would be a podcast this week we have a podcast every folks week. every week <laughs> you'll be treated to a podcast of real nerds absolutely but whether it's a movie we want to see a movie we don't want to see quite as much and if there's a movie we a week where there's a movie we absolutely can't stand and won't go see it, we'll record a movie commentary. We'll find something to present. Exactly. You can never go a week without getting some sort of real nerds. So, James, if you're listening from now on, unless otherwise stated, stated <laughs> every week there will be a podcast of real nerds that you're welcome to join us on. Absolutely. Anyways, so yeah. Lost, you know, I got into it afterwards, and people... A lot of people hate on season finale, uh, series finales, because you know they're trying to wrap up so many things and yada yada yada. There's ridiculous expectations. Yeah, but you know, Lost is actually a show I thought re- ended really, really well. And uh, but I think I sheltered myself from 
every like negative thing they would say about Lost because I never watched it and I watched it basically season one through six without any interruptions, without the writer strike that made season four, I think 12 episodes or whatever it turned out to be. And so, yeah, I, I really, in, I enjoyed it. So yeah, sometimes shows work really well on DVD mm. and that's what I was trying to say that, I mean, sh- shows will always progress and sometimes people won't like them how they progress but you have to change it. You know, I brought up earlier, Stewie can't always want to be kill his mom because it's not fun. Yeah, I think they got rid of that dynamic like in season three or something. Uh, like, yeah. And I mean, actually, he. But then it's they like brought, The Simpsons, you yeah. know, Bart had all the jokes. And then by like season three, you know, I think the focus is focus. And, you know, what most fanboys really enjoy about the show is it's, uh, you know, Homer's adventures. Exactly. You know, and I think uh, television writers who are more talented than us recognize that. And uh, yeah. So you have to change, and it goes the same with movies. You know, some people might not like sequels, but, I mean, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, I love... I'm a Paul, I always defend Spider-Man 3, but I think the biggest mistake Spider-Man 3 made was its climax was the same as the other two, where you're trying to save Mary Jane. Mm. You know, they, they could have changed it a little bit there. And I think that's the only one thing I can um, knock that for. And when they have the newscasters do an exposition, I, like, I'm not that dumb. Yeah. But, you know... Um. I forgot what I was going to say. I digress. Um, my other bit of news is, uh, well, it's not really news, but it's, I guess it's kind of news. And I wish James was here because he's a Raiders of the Lost Ark fan. But uh, I was flipping around Netflix and they had uh, the Power Rangers show mm-hmm. um, on... Uh, the show or the movie? The, both. Really? Uh, they had the show. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I'm going to watch the first episode to kind of reconnect because... Power Rangers caught my attention at 6.30 in the morning before school. <laughs> so um, I got into the Power Rangers for a brief period. And uh, so I tried to watch the first episode. of It has like 177 episodes, and the first season's 50. Really? It's weird. I think it's a numbering glitch on Netflix, but whatever. Maybe not. I mean, it was a syndicated show, so they might have just shot a whole bunch. I know, in. 50 for the first, like, 93? I don't know. But I watched the first episode, and it's, I'm, I, would, I was sitting there just thinking how did I get into this? Cause it is so terrible. Yeah. It is poorly acted. And I, like I remember the effects being cheesy, but just, uh, pretty bad. The lines and the story arcs of that first episode. Oh, I was just, I was cringing as I was watching it. And then next to it was the power Rangers movie. And I was like, you know what? I haven't, I don't, don't remember seeing the movie. I might have, but I want to watch it again to like check up on it. Mm-hmm. And, Wow, I thought you know that it would be better than the show, like special effects wise, and it might actually be worse. Really? Because it has CGI, like monster battles with and like what the Zords. The... Is, is it the White Ranger who's debuted in the movie? I vaguely remember it. I always thought. Uh, I think no, he's already the White Ranger in the show, but the movie isn't like based on the original cast of Power Rangers. It's based on a slightly altered version, where like Zack the Black Ranger is now like. Uh, the Asian Ranger, like they switch ethnicities and different <laughs> costumes for a couple people. Jason isn't there anymore. It's uh, this other guy, Rocky. Um, I, and the Green Ranger is the White Ranger or something. But yeah, I, th- I thought the movie was based on the original lineup. Yeah, I have no idea. My little brother used to watch it all the time, and I took him to the movie when it came out. I have I remember absolutely nothing about the movie. Yeah, it's so terrible. The the CGI um, Zord battles and monsters. It's almost like the 3D you'd see in a college 3D modeling course for someone who just started. (laughs) 
maybe they just went down to their local art institute and say, hey, you guys know how to use computers. Possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, and then most of the movie, the Power Rangers are off just kind of walking through the jungle trying to re-attain uh, their powers. And this other dude, Ivanus, which this is why I wanted James here, the guy who plays Ivanus is Belloc from Raiders of the, Raiders of the Lost really? Ark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hamming it up so much. Uh, what else? There's like, they they don't improve on the morphing effects in the show. It's almost the same effects from the show put in the movie. And you think they get a bigger budget and, yeah, you know, try a little harder. The costumes, they got like armor instead of just spandex, but still, just it's, bad. yeah. You know, sometimes when you pop in childhood things, it's still good. Darkwing Duck is still a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. And I still like DuckTales and Rescue Rangers and things like that. Yeah. But Ninja Turtles. Which... Ninja Turtles, you know. But sometimes you watch shows you liked when you were a kid and you say, oh my gosh, like Thundercats. What did I see in that? Thundercats is terrible. And how's that show popular? I still don't know. I didn't watch Thundercats. I don't Yeah. But, you know. But that's what I imagine, yeah. You know, it's... It's, it's it sucks when you get old enough where things when you liked as a kid are just not good anymore. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just funny revisiting that and just being what did I see in this? Yeah. Why did I give up the turtles for like yeah. a couple of years? Like why did my attention divert from cuz after all these years like Ninja Turtles are still cool. The only movie I really watched this week was it's called Dead Snow and it's a Norwegian zombie movie. Uh the one thing I I'm not a big fan of streaming like movies on Netflix because I don't think the selection's very good, and I have a I don't know I have enough movies where I just watch them, but uh, every once in a while something catches my eye there because I don't want to spend money on it obviously especially when it's a horror movie, because I'm a firm believer of horror movies go one way or another they can either be really good or terrible, uh, so this Dead Snow movie is a Norwegian zombie movie and these kids go into a cabin and. Norwegianville. I mean, Norwegia. Norwegia. I mean, it's, I know it's Norway, but you know, <laughs> I don't know the name of the city. And it's all right. You know, the zombies in it are Nazis who fled. What they they try to add like a story on why the zombies are there, and of course they're confronted by the crazy guy, kind of like Friday the Thirteenth, Crazy Ralph, and he shows up and he tells them that, oh, this mean Nazi general stole a whole bunch of treasure from the Norwegians as he was retreating from the Russians or something like that. And he went up into the mountains and he was never heard of again. And now him and all his SS guys are zombies, but they run around and um, kill people. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, there's, you're keeping my interest. No, the like story. the story is terrible. I mean, it it's, whatever but like some of the gore effects are really cool uh there's a part where this dude is like chopping up a zombie and another zombie comes and like tackles him and like shoots him off a cliff but the dude grabs the other zombie's intestines and he like slides down and he like hangs on (laughs) machete style (laughs) yeah like machete he's hanging on to the side of the mountain with intestines while this other zombie's trying to eat him and yeah i mean there's some cool gore effects and i mean it's it's all right i've actually i forget where i saw it but i think it was at a party or something we started it and we didn't finish it <laughs> yeah dead snow yeah yeah and then the the part that i had a problem with so these guys chopped the zombies up in pieces it's a pretty f- cool little bit you know with a chainsaw and 
they're chopping the arms and body parts are flying everywhere. And then the devil, they call him like the devil something. This is how much I paid attention to the story of the movie. And uh, he comes out and he's the only one left after they slaughtered 50 of these zombies. And all of a sudden he yells in Norwegian, I guess. I guess they didn't, I guess he wouldn't speak German anymore because he's in Norway. And he screams rise. And all of a sudden out of the ground pop like 200 more zombies to kill these guys. Makes absolutely no sense. But the gore is really cool. And the fat guy gets laid in it, so that's pretty cool, too. <laughs> what? After he takes a dump, like, in oh. an outhouse, which is... <laughs> that's... With, like, a really hot chick, which happens in real life all the time. Yeah, so... And the only other Give really... Um, I saw two interesting pieces of news. Uh, James Bond casted the new Money Penny, and it's uh, Naomi Harris, who's in 28 Days Later, has the kick-ass black chick. And... Javier Bardem and somebody else famous is going to be in it. So that's cool. That Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, thank you. Yeah. Who we'll see next week in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows as Lord Voldemort. Does he only play the villain nowadays? <laughs> I would, dude. If I got typecast as a villain, that'd be awesome. But yeah, so that's... And they're making an Angry Birds movie, I guess. I, there's a lot of story in slingshotting birds into buildings and killing pigs. Is that the thing now? It's like take a board game or something or a video game and... Yeah, I guess they're making a battleship movie. And no Ouija. Idea. Ouija's coming out. They have a trailer for it. Really? That's, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I saw it on... You know when you go to iTunes movie trailers yeah. and have the posters? There was one for Ouija. So, I think I'm the only person who wants to see the Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> Why don't you think that movie looks interesting? To me, it looks really interesting. Why? Because I keep bragging on it? Yeah, I was just curious. Who else have you heard ragging on it? Uh, James doesn't think it looks very good, and and people online are bashing it. I'm well, just curious, son. People online only bash things. I know, but I'm just curious why online is not really a praise, praise style. Yeah, site. And so I'm just curious why people don't think it looks like it. To me, it looks interesting. It looks like a zombie movie with monkeys. Not to like, I understand the original is a classic, but the the concept of like monkeys taking over the earth just doesn't interest me. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they might seem threatening in a zoo, but like, I, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, 1960, 61, 62, yeah, 63, like 68, 68. I don't, I don't even know. Um, you know, people wearing makeup to look like apes, understandably, isn't that threatening. Um, you know, they look. I, I still feel like the trailer for right. They still look like CGI apes. You know, mm. they. You know, there's no. Dude, but it's a special effects house that made Avatar. Well, they didn't do a they, great job of convincing <laughs> me that these apes they, are They put that in the trailer, screen, which is really stupid. Or in the same presence as the actual human actors. So, just because you have a close-up of the ape's face and the eyes moving. You know, it, to me, it still looks like a guy in a makeup. I don't know. Really? So, I never... And I never... The Burton one, I didn't feel like the makeup was cheesy, even though people say it was. I haven't like, seen it since I saw it. I guess theaters, something about my so. brain. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, because just uninteresting as well um i haven't seen the original yeah it's but it's all right yeah it, it to me actually the original looks either. like um all the monkeys are wearing star trek like yeah. uniforms and then they have like a monkey head it's like an episode of star trek yeah um it's one of those movies that's a lot more famous for the ending than it is i think the whole movie and the other thing about the trailer is the whole dialogue about like the cure like it reminds me of x-men last stand it's kind of, they're talking about this company and they made this new drug and it's called the cure as well in both movies and it's very uh like 
I acknowledge it's the trailer, so they're not going to reveal everything. But unless it's a trailer for what movie was that? Warrior. Oh. Or it's like the two brothers are fighting in the championship. Okay, I guess they made it all the way to the end. It's like, yeah, we know the story. So I guess we don't need to see the first two hours of the movie. I guess. I guess, um, but it does have Tom Hardy in it, and he's going to be Bane. So yeah. a little sneak peek at him. Being I will physical. not see that movie. Just, I mean, I, I will... can see the Dark Knight Rises. Why not, Ryan? No, I will see the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I will not see Warrior. Oh, that has abs- um, watching that makes me not want to see the movie. You should see Bronson though. It's on uh, Netflix, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably yeah. uh, watch it. It is in my instant queue. One of my top ten for 2009, it which was. you can listen to on Nebcast. You can. I may transfer those episodes to Real Nerds cool. as a special when we're you know slow or something. Yeah, no, it's fine. But, but uh, I was yeah. just curious because, like, to me, I think the trailer is actually pretty interesting to me. I think the dialogue and the uh, yeah, um, the dialogue. What what do they say? Like, I don't remember them really saying. We call it the cure. You know, it just reminds me of X Men: Last Stand, uh, um, and just different it, movies. Brad, I uh, get it out of your head. With, and just not even being separate. Oh, real nerds are seeing that movie. I'll go. I, I I'll go see whatever movie we have to see. I'm just you know, <laughs> and we don't have to agree. Like we don't have to go see movies we like every week. Oh you know? no, we no, have to be fine. indiscriminate. So I'll go see it. I'm just my expectations are you know really low. I can't. I don't want to go see it, but I'll go see it as a job. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it looks interesting because the part of the Planet of the Apes that I never got is Charlton Heston's a space guy, and he goes into space, and he comes back, and he's time-traveled, basically, into the future. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it'd be interesting to see how apes would end up taking over the world and making them smarter with a drug. I, I mean, I don't know. But do you always Obviously, have to explain, like, how things... Like, things that were already successful and interesting, do you always have to give it a backstory? I mean, you know, it's like... Uh, do you like the origin story of Batman? It's like going back to uh, find out like how Darth Vader became Darth Vader, you know? It's about as, as interesting as that. Yeah, no. Well, the Batman story, we grew up already knowing. Like, that's already presented to us right away. You know, I actually agree with... I'll, go, I'll bring up uh, a Marvel comic, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Wolverine is a really popular character in comic books. And he never had a backstory. They never explained his origin. And the Marvel people decided that... We better tell his story before the movies decide they're going to tell it for us, which I thought was an interesting approach. And I think sometimes um, people, I mean, I don't know how many people are clamoring for a Planet of the Apes origin story, but um, but I, I think it's an actual, I think it's okay. I, I don't mind knowing, you know, does it, is a Joker a more interesting character because you don't know where he comes from? Probably. Think, yeah, because he represents uh, chaos. Yeah. And chaos you don't know. Well, he represents random. chaos in the Dark Knight. I don't know about in the comics. But in the comics, he tells his origin like four different ways, and yeah. uh, he says that uh, depending on. I have a whole book about villains, and it has a Joker as like a big spotlight, obviously. And uh, they bring some quotes, and he said, uh, "I think it's in what's in the one where they really give his origin story. I think it's a Killing Joke is his origin story, possibly, maybe. Anyways, he says that." Whatever one where he explains that he's the Red Hood and he falls into a chemical vat and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. He says that, uh, you know, today is I tell it this way. Who knows how I'll tell it tomorrow? And I think that's really interesting because you can always, when you do stuff like that with characters, you can always go back and tell a story that maybe you didn't know. And it doesn't mess with their origin and you don't have to worry about the continuity because if the Joker's telling the story, you don't know if it's true or not, you know? And I think that's an interesting character aspect. But I think... um, curiosity will always make people want to know but i also think it can be effective not knowing i think you're right there too yeah because in zombie movies part of the they hardly ever reveal where zombies come from 
uh, that's part of the, like it's the mystery that makes the character or the plot cool. Mm-hmm. If you just if you don't explain everything, once you start picking it apart and like figuring out, I, and it really only applies to like fantastic ideas like superheroes mm-hmm. or zombies. You know, I think uh, when you explain something that's grounded in science, uh, where you can actually explain it, you know, with facts. Like that's okay, but when you try to when you start to dig too much into something that's you know made up, and uh, I think that's when it starts to lose its luster because you're like, yeah. well, that that can't you know realistically that can't possibly happen because of this, this, and this, and this, and then yeah. suddenly it's yeah, you're a lot like it's uh, exposed as being ridiculous. You're a lot like Brandon that way. That's why he doesn't like Iron Man because he <laughs> says there's no way someone can build that exactly. But I, yeah. but, I, but I think you know me being a movie fan, I suspend the disbelief in it. And, you know, I, I think that's maybe why zombies are scary in movies is because they never really explain why dead come back to life. It's just, it happens. You know, the only there's only a couple movies I can point to where they explain it. In Return of the Living Dead, it has to do with a chemical that spills in the water, like in the graves and the zombies come back up. Yeah. So uh, when you start going like, well, what, what kind of chemical is it? Like, what's it made out of? Like, why would it trigger that? Then you start, like, you start destroying the... The allure of zombies. Yeah, but see, me as a movie fan, I don't do that. Like, I don't overanalyze things. And that might just be me personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I obviously I have Brandon, and you like to analyze things a lot too. No, I'm I'm I I suspend my disbelief for certain things. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I I understand. You know, when screenwriters do it and present it to us, it's just like, well, I wasn't thinking about that before, but now you've brought it up. Yeah. You know, I think in in Zombieland they say that mad cow disease turns people into zombies. Night of the Living Dead, it's hinted at that is a space crash that crashed and the radiation made the zombies come back. But they don't really, it's not specific. Well, great. Now, where the spaceship come from, you know. It was like returning to Earth. From, I don't even remember. It's in the movie and they it's mentioned in passing. Like, uh, George Romero a lot in his movies with zombies, they'll have the main characters in the background. You'll hear like the radio or the TV talks. And I think uh, why his movies actually are effective that way is because it's all speculation in that too. So they're saying, "Hey, you know, that's why they're doing it." And then they'll have people say, "No, you don't know that for sure." And and I think maybe that's why two zombie movies always resonate with people is because why are they? Why would they attack people? You know, what's their drive to do it? Mm-hmm. And it's the unknown. I think I, I think the unknown can be effective in movies for sure. But it's, also, I, I think sometimes explaining things works. And you, I mean, you already knew uh, the Darth Vader example. You already knew that he was Anakin Skywalker, and you knew that he fell from grace. Just the way it was handled was not the best. Yeah, it's like knowing the details of how that happened. It's, it's just like well, I, I think that you find out they're not that spectacular. Well, like, I think the biggest problem with those movies is instead of waiting till the very end of the third movie to reveal Darth Vader, they should have Darth Vader in the first one, and then him like build his army and you building know, the empire. Yeah, yeah, building the empire because. You know, that's what you care about. You want to see how he became the biggest badass in the planet, not being some heartbroken Jedi. Yeah, who killed a couple of Jedi kids. Exactly, you know, so I, I, I agree. I mean, there's some things that... He's the most terrifying Sith Lord other than the Emperor Yeah. in the galaxy, and all we know is that he got pissed off, killed a bunch of Sand people and some Jedi kids Yeah, exactly. to get there. So I think, yeah, I think that part you didn't need to know. I think him building up the Empire... Finishing the Death Star, how we got all the um, clones, the stormtroopers, and you know, I think that would have been really a cool movie, and why or, he's so feared, or annihilating whole races, or yeah. launching all these campaigns to because there's a reason why he's feared because yeah. it's not just that he killed kids. I mean, that's why Yoda was afraid of him because he is so powerful, and you know, you understand that part of the Jedi's, but yeah. why would the whole galaxy be afraid of him? There has yeah. to be a reason behind it. 
Like maybe he can, you know, use his own Jedi powers to collapse a planet on itself. Obviously, yeah. that would destroy the Death Star motivation, but you know, something massive like that. Well, yeah, you know, that powers. was a cool thing in the Force Unleashed. Is you play the first level as Darth Vader, and he can like bring houses down. Yeah, but he can't bring you know like the, obviously a planet. But I mean, that'd be a cool thing to to, to explore. So maybe yeah. someone out there can write a cool Darth Vader movie. For the most part, you just see him choke people or use a lightsaber. Yeah, That's about it. Like, but it'd be really interesting. Maybe yeah. there's a comic book. I'm sure there's a comic book by Dark Horse where they have some in-between parts. I'm sure of it. I'd like to make remake the prequels. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Do a little rewrite and uh, use less CGI. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Um, but yeah, Planet, Rise of the Planet of the Apes just... Just doesn't do it for you. Monk- I'd curious. rather watch Zombies. Yeah, I mean, I was just curious because, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about they didn't uh, like it. And I remember you saying you were kind of meh about the trailer. So I just was wondering what specifically people didn't like about it. Because I can talk to you. I can't talk to people online because it's not worth it to post something online. Yeah. Saying, hey, why don't you like the Rise of the Planet Apes trailer? And then you're going to get 50 responses. Fuck it. it should, you never fuck with a classic. And they said the same thing about Dawn of the Dead. And I think the remake's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I like the remake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as hardcore as a zombie aficionado as you, but I enjoy I mean, I, I'm a hardcore, and I think they both stand on their own. I mean, mm-hmm. the first one is kind of a wink at commercialism, and who's the real zombies? The people that shop in the malls or, you know, the living dead. And the, and the second one, I mean, the remake is more just a hyper Zack Snyder movie where it's cut, 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 terrifying, running, and... Anyways, stay tuned for an awesome message from our awesome sponsor this week. Which is probably running out of ideas. Did you know you can advertise on Real Nerds for just ten dollars? Um, you can for ten dollars. You can advertise in the middle of the podcast. For twenty dollars, you can advertise in the opening before we even introduce the show. Absolutely, we would say stuff like "Real Nerds this week is brought to you by Pretzel M and M's," and that's twenty dollars. Mars candy. So send us that check. Send us that check. No, but I'm serious. You know, if you want to advertise on Real Nerds. Yeah, we are open to advertisements. We will, you know, if you want to sell jars of your own urine, we'll do it. We'll do it. And yep. Brad will drink them. I'm not going to drink them. Word from our sponsor. Oh, what the hell? This chicken tastes like shit. You know what? You know what make that chicken taste way better? How do I do that, Ryan? Some delicious Birdman barbecue. What's Birdman barbecue, Ryan? Well, since you're wondering, Birdman barbecue is made by the Nettletons in Lakewood, Colorado. It is delicious. Are you sure? You sounded confused about that. No, I had to think about the best way to word it. You were distracted by its deliciousness. I was. It gives me a euphoria of highness by eating it, making me forget all other things, just the sweet, delicious taste. You know what, Brad? It's available in original and hot. Original and hot? Yes. Um, Do they have, like, honey flavors or... Is it just they might, barbecue? You know what? We'll have to contact Joe, and we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but right, I know original they have, and hot. I know they have original and hot, and they are Great. both fan-freaking Well, that's fantastic. good, because I can't handle hot, so I need a mild sauce, and they you know, they cover all the bases for me. So yes. what a great, great you barbecue know what? sauce You can maker. friend Birdman Barbecue on Facebook. Can I? You can, and you'll get updates on their coming up events where they compete in barbecue contests really and by the way on august 12th you can go to the summit barbecue challenge and you can try some of birdman's barbecue wow i want to do that where is the summit barbecue challenge ryan i have no fucking idea but <laughs> that's the name of it uh, i guess i'll just go to the facebook page yeah go to the facebook find out. page um but yeah and you know what joe kempter he really he really loves that stuff too so contact him on facebook if you're really interested he's a, a friend of the barbecue. nerds he is and, a friend uh, of the nerds 
if he likes if he supports Bird, Birdman barbecue sauce, then I I support it too. And god damn it, these chicken wings taste delicious now. Yes, and the name of the barbecue sauce is Pam Paws, something like that. It's the name of uh, Joe's wife's dad's father. Is the name of the barbecue sauce that it's named after, and it's Pam Paws. So the Birdman barbecue. My taste buds are too happy to care about what you're saying right now. <laughs> But anyways, Birdman Barbecue, like it on Facebook. It is delicious. And I promise you, I'm not just saying that because he's a dear friend of mine. The food is absolutely fantastic. And you know what else? What's that? It's the sauce. It is the sauce, baby. I'm back on the sauce, baby. Hey, welcome back. Man, that barbecue sauce really hit the spot. That little break we just had. Hey, you know what movie we saw this week? Horrible Bosses. You know what I bet's really cool? The trailer. You want one? It's 8.15 a.m. It's 18-year-old Scott. <laughs> if you want a promotion, you gotta earn it. <laughs> Did I tell you that Harkin tricked me into having a drink at 8 o'clock this morning? Unless your boss isn't sexually harassing you. Let's see if this thing is working. Oh! I can make out our little friend right there. Stop it. Ooh, Shabbat Shalom. Somebody circumcised. You know, yours doesn't sound that bad. We need to trim some of the fat. What do you mean by trim the fat? I want you to fire the fat people. You can start with Large Marge. Marge, can you come in here, please? What? I thought he was going to give you a promotion. Yeah, no, he is. I have decided who I want to be our new vice president of sales. Me. What do you say? Nick, uh, please, we're in the middle of a meeting. Sorry. That's all right. I'll just attribute this to your drinking problem. You would have to admit our lives would be easier if our bosses weren't alive. You can fire Professor Xavier. You mean Hank? Creeps me out, rolling around all day in a special little secret chair. I don't care how bad our bosses are. We're not murderers. This little sweetheart right here? My fiance. Is gonna get a peek at my little photo album. You did all this while I was unconscious? That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm in! Let's kill this bitch! We gotta hire a professional. Does anyone here kill people for money? I'm gonna be your murder consultant. Word. You wanna pull off a brilliant murder? It's gotta look like it's an accident. Ah! You gotta be smart. It's gotta be worth what? 15,000. I feel like everything's gonna work out. Look how fast I'm picking out this crap, you know? You I'm moving like super fast. I can't even feel my nose. Find the vulnerable. Oh, peanuts? That was a peanut butter sandwich. Are you not good with peanuts? Whoa, whoa. Look at this. Oh! What about little jabs? Oh! Little jabs? My boss, the worth planning to kill, is dying in front of you when you saved his life? Well, that sounds bad when you say it like that. I was surveilling your boss. She's incredibly Don't talk about how hot she is. She makes herself a little snack, a popsicle, a banana, and finally a hot dog. And eating them in that weird order, that's not a proper meal. It's cold to hot. I can crush you anytime I want. Explain why you're doing 61 in a 25 zone. I was drag racing in a Prius. I don't win a lot. Hey, welcome back. That trailer was so funny. Kevin Spacey is an asshole. What was his, uh, they gave descriptions for, what was it? Oh, fudge. What was his description on screen? I forget. Whatever. He's a dick. He is. Anyways, we saw Horrible Bosses, and Brad, what did you think of Horrible Bosses? Oh, that was funny. It was really funny. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a lot funnier than I, th- I mean, I, I thought it looked really funny, but, you know, the actors in it really carry the movie, and, you know, it's... A lot of times you see a trailer for a comedy, and all the best jokes are in the trailer. Yeah. And this one, 
It's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty funny throughout. And one, because, I mean, it was rated R, and so they couldn't show it too much in the... Rated R comedy is always the best. Totally. Almost the only way to go. Because, you know, they can't show too much in the trailers. But, you know, I, I actually give props to the people who made the trailer, because the trailer was actually pretty funny, and it sold the movie really well. And, uh, of course, there's some twists and turns in the movie. But, yeah, I thought overall the movie was really funny. And it might be the funniest movie I've seen this year. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I I thought Super was really funny. Did that come out this year? <laughs> yes. Wow. You don't even know what I'm talking about. No. So Rain, Rain Wilson, Wilson. Yeah. I know what you're talking but about, it's, Brad. It's, it's, I listen to you. Okay. It's uh It's a dark type of funny. I guess this is dark funny too. But oh yeah, it's pretty dark. Um. But the I guess uh, I mean obviously the story is that these three guys have three horrible bosses and they plan to kill them, but you know that these guys probably won't go through with it because they're basically all talk. Yeah. And I mean, Kevin Spacey's character in it is a really big freaking asshole. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's like, the, he's the dick. Who, he is a horrible boss. He is. He's the dick that, you know, he's an asshole and there's nothing you can do about it. And he knows that he can get away with it. And I mean, Colin Farrell's just a piece of shit in it throughout, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's like a spoiled brat, you know, he, Donald Sutherland makes a little cameo in it. And so, yeah, you know, he's just the guy who gets the keys to the kingdom, basically, and he abuses it mm-hmm. because his dad is the boss, the big guy at this chemical company. And so he thinks he can do whatever he wants. And uh, what, what was the description of him? Uh, big fucking cokehead or something? Oh, yeah. I, I forget. Yeah. But anyways, what we're trying to say is there's a part in the movie where they're introducing the bosses and they do like a text on screen, a text on screen to describe them. And Jennifer Aniston's in it as someone who sexually harasses Charlie Day's character. And the funny thing is, is everybody else says, that doesn't sound that bad because, you know, Jennifer Aniston is smoking hot. I was going to say, so our listeners probably don't know how much of a, like, how attractive you think Jennifer Aniston is. I do, I love And so this movie must have been a dream come true for you. It was, unless, the only way it could have been better is she was totally naked in it. She was close. She was. She did have a lab coat on with nothing else and you just Your dogs re- interrupting you. I know. Stuart, go lay down. Anyway, so the movie, I mean, it, it re- it's really sold on the fact that these six characters really carry the movie. And it's cool because each one of the bosses have their own kind of little things. And I guess the point that I left off before my dog was constantly interrupting us was that everybody thinks, and I think everybody watching the movie doesn't think the Jennifer Aniston one's really that bad. Because <laughs> right. if I had, I mean, I'm happily married and my wife is extremely beautiful. But if I had a boss like Jennifer Aniston sexually harassing me, I don't really think I would try to kill her for it. And if I wasn't married, I would totally nail her. I, the very least, like, you know, if you're if you're that upset, you would just kind of report it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I guess the thing they don't tell you in the trailer is he can't find another job because he had to register as a sex offender for peeing in a playground. At night. At night. With no kids with around. No, no, no kids around. <laughs> so that's a little funny thing. Yeah, that so I guess if, if you had that problem, it might be tough for you. people to take you seriously. Yeah, you know, you it, it reminds me of my friends too because you know you always rip on each other and they make fun of them even though they know he didn't do anything. And so that's fun. And I was talking about Jason Bateman being the everyday guy where everybody relates to him, and but he's also the kind of that smart ass guy. And yeah, it was fun. It's hard for like to really to talk about com to explain comedies. Yeah, because uh, because one, you're not going to say the jokes like they say them. Yeah, you don't want to reveal, reveal the jokes. Yeah, you're not going to... The delivery is going to be different. And um, it, f- it flies by so fast. Yeah. Um, 
it's hard to without taking notes keep track of like oh here's this joke and let, let me relate it yeah but it, but back to everyone the only thing i can say is that the movie is lots of fun to watch mm-hmm. and i you know this and bridesmaids i think are the two best comedies this year so it's cool that uh yeah you know i i do like that r-rated comedies kind of made a comeback with you know knocked up and super bad and and things like that because with comedy you have to be able to push the envelope exactly and if you i mean some things can be funny um I think things like the terminal, I think it's rated PG or PG 13. And I think it has some 13, funny yeah. parts in it, you know, and it doesn't need to be gross out. And this movie didn't have gross out moments, I guess, except when Bateman made himself throw up. But you know, that was funny. Yeah. I think Anchorman and, uh, Talladega Nights are both PG 13. Uh, Anchorman is definitely rated R. Uh, no, well the, the DVD I think is R. Was it, it was originally PG 13. I think so. Cause I was going through the reviews on our old site. Hmm. I remember that. I was like, this was PG-13? All right. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess... Like, yeah, because, you know, I guess the part they really cut out that I remember in the DVD is when he's yelling, I would never fucking say fuck! You know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess that's probably the only part of the movie you'd have to cut out to make it PG-13. Because you can get away with the one. Yeah. So, which I remember that, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's hard to describe a comedy. I mean, the only thing you can say is that it's funny... And that the performances are really good. Yeah. And the camaraderie of Bateman, Sudeikis, and uh, Day were... You know, I actually like Sudeikis more than I thought I would. Because in the trailers, they really don't show him very much. But in this, he's kind of like the asshole of the group where you wouldn't think that he would be. He's also kind of grounded, though, because he's, like, really responsible. Yeah. He, so that's why I think... He actually likes, like, his his original boss. He And he likes working for the company and everything. And it's just when the idiot son becomes the boss that... He's, I guess too, he's, he's normal at his job, but then when he hangs out with his friends, is where he kind of becomes the let's loose and let's loose. And like the last time you, you saw him, you saw him being a douchebag in like Hall Pass. Yeah. So I've never seen that movie. Is it good? I just saw the trailer. No, but is you he, know, is he, he the douchebag? I don't even know. I that's the impression I get from like the lame pickup lines that he they have like that point of view cam. It's like oh yeah, he's the chloroform joke, which I think I heard from some other comedian. So, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was reading a lot of reviews of this, and they said it's a star turning performance by charlie day but he's like that and it's always sunny i mean he's well he's like he's the he's uh it's they're kind of like the three stooges and he's like the curly character yeah. like he's really he steals the show with all the best like craziness yeah crazy gags you know and he's the biggest idiot of the group so obviously he's gonna get the most attention <laughs> except when he talks him out of getting arrested that was really funny <laughs> yeah from watching all the law and order yeah, well, it's funny because it's unexpected. You wouldn't yeah. think that his character would be able to pull pull himself out of that situation. So, but yeah, the um, the yeah the jokes are. Fun. I was laughing. Yeah, my comedy should make line you laugh. Is when Jennifer Aniston says, "I want you to put my, your dong in my mouth." <laughs> yeah, but you know it's cool because even Jennifer Aniston played really against type because she's usually the she's a huge slut in this movie. Yeah, because she's usually the uh, happy-go-lucky girl. You know, she's relatable the everyday girl the girl next door is a stupid term but you know that's how people i think see her where you know they always said you pick a side you either pick angelina jolie or you take jennifer aniston and angelina jolie is the exotic and the unknown where jennifer aniston seems like the safe can we get back to the movie because it sounds so lame we're talking about tabloid crap but i love jennifer nerds don't care about tabloids see my point is i love jennifer aniston because I know. I, I totally see you buying this on release day. <laughs> I will buy it, but, but just because again, uh, I slow think down she, mode. 
I think Pause, she's freeze. super relatable. I really do. And I think that's why she's really funny in this movie because she plays totally against her type. I mean, I I have several movies with her. I can I think she says fuck in one of her movies. And I think she says it 80 times in this movie. Among other things. Among other things that I don't even remember, but they're pretty sexually explicit. An onslaught of sexually explicit terms. So that's why it's funny, too, why they pick on Charlie Day's character. Because, I mean, in real life, is it really that bad? I mean, I guess if you made you that uncomfortable, but... I mean, if it happened to me now that I'm married, then I'd probably say something to her. But if I wasn't married, who cares? I'd nail her. And what would you do if I came into an office and the dentist was that hot and I was the assistant and she had a lab coat on and panties and nothing else. You could see her boobs. Dude, I would totally nail her. Yeah. If you're single. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm in a relationship and I'm not married. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just so kidding. not you. Yeah. It's not me at all. I'm just kidding. But yeah. And so it was fun. I had fun watching the movie and it made me laugh the whole time. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I don't know what else I can say about it. Yeah, it's just fun. You should probably go see it, and then you'll understand. I recommend, yeah, you go see it. Um, even, like, not even just a matinee or something. Like, I think it qualifies for, like, you know, prime time ticket price. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, because the movie's funny enough, you know? You don't... Sometimes when you see comedies in the theater, you know... Like, I want to see Larry Crown, but is it really something I want to go spend $12 on to watch? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it has that air of just... I could enjoy it on DVD just fine. Yeah. For less money. I think Horrible Bosses could go that route too, but I don't regret spending No, I full think it's too on... a movie where you could talk about it with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you see that one part. And... And it's definitely rewatchable too because I want to see it again. Yeah, because one, there's parts, especially with Jamie Foxx, where they're saying lines so quickly and they have like these little banters that you don't, I don't think you pick up everything watching it one time. Right. Um... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I would go see it again. Me too. I will see it again on DVD. And then maybe I'll get it on Blu-ray so I can really see Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. You know, it's funny because... Do Blu-ray players have that Zoom function? I My first so. generation DVD player has that for DVDs, but... I think mine does. I don't know. I have to look at the remote. I don't really zoom in. I don't know what it's for. Mm-hmm. Maybe to check out Jennifer Aniston's boobs. But the reason I always... I make Jennifer Aniston... I make a little more big about it is because my wife with her freaking Vin Diesel thing <laughs> I don't know why women think he's attractive to me he looks like a big dumb meathead Ch- chicks love big dumb meatheads dude I know but he literally looks like a dumb since one since the beginning of time and he even talks like one like maybe if he's she's just said, acting Ryan maybe if you got to know him you find out he's very intellectual maybe if my wife said she thought Dick Van Dyke was hot I said you know what he is hot because he can la- he can dance he can sing he's funny He's very physical. So I can see that. I can see someone being attracted to Dick Van Dyke. Really, I, you know, I would, I, I think that's what makes a show so great is it's, you know, it's funny to everybody and it's timeless. It really is. And Carl Reiner, I was reading Dick Van Dyke's autobiography and he said that he wanted a show where you could just pop it in and you say, you know what? That's relatable because me being married, there's moments in that show that are very relatable. Uh, one of the episodes where he pays for the check and laura thinks that now they're not gonna be able to afford college for uh richie my my wife it's not that specific but she, you know she always says that i'm too nice and i let people just do stuff like that to me all the time so it's relatable in a certain way yeah well i think uh as some special features or uh some kind of retrospective or something else i was listening or reading to reading of um 
talked about how Carl Reiner, uh, his big thing was just write what you know, mm-hmm. write the truth. Don't try to yeah. come up with these fantastic plot ideas. Um, and that's a good mantra because it's relatable. Like people have gone through the same stuff. You know, it's not, they know it's not made up. And so when he had to stop, because he overwhelmed himself writing, like, I think the first and second season by himself, mm-hmm. they had to hire new writers and, you know, um, to make sure that they maintain the same quality. Like his thing was, you know, write what you know, don't exactly. make up stuff. And that's why, you know, movies and TV shows that will last forever are that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't mention that the murder consultant's real name in the movie is Motherfucking Jones. <laughs> and his story about how he got the name is freaking priceless. Jamie Foxx is pretty funny in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody is. Like, I don't think anyone's like no, unbearable or No, I don't think there's a weak link in the movie. Because I, I guess because the cast is focused on so many, just a few characters where you don't have the random gay guy in it you know what i mean how they always have some i'm not saying just the gay guy but they have some outrageous character that's just there to make you laugh and that movie didn't have one the closest thing is i guess charlie day's character yeah but i mean he is a main character and he still had yeah other moments where he wasn't just zany mm-hmm. but you're saying about you you started something else no? i don't remember oh so listen to the uh, podcast and send me critiques about me starting and not finishing thoughts because I think I'm all over the place today. Yeah, it's a, I, like I said, with comedy, it's hard to go into a deep intellectual without spoiling, repeating the jokes yeah. and therefore spoiling them, which we've, we, we haven't shied away but from spoilers. But my point is but... I love Jennifer Aniston because she's down to earth and she's very pretty. Why women like Vin Diesel, I'll never know. And it's because I don't think he's attractive. He looks like a foot. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right, well, I'm not going to... I. So who are you, Brad? Are you an Angelina Jolie guy or are you a Jennifer Aniston kind of guy? I don't give a fuck. Dude, which one do you think's hotter? Come on. Uh, I'm not really attracted to either of them. What? Emma Stone, baby. Emma Stone all the way. Emma Stone was in the preview we saw. She's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah she seems like a kind of person who's kind of not fake, but I don't know. Maybe she only dates Ryan Gosling kind of guys. I hope not. <laughs> I think no chance. chance. Hopefully she likes real nerds. Totally. She picks up our podcast after we become face of the fan. Speaking of listeners, um, please, if you um, have comments or questions about the show, please. Yeah. Um, constructive ones, not Matt Spear hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt. Another burn. I just called you You're out, Matt. defend yourself. <laughs> Where's it at? When he's done uh, fixing up his new house. Yeah, we'll he's invite him on the show. Right now. Yeah. Kid, new house. I know we got to call Opening boxes, in. putting shit in places. I know, dude. Psh, fuck. What a rough time. We'll have to line up a real nerd special where we just argue. Yeah. Fanboy stuff. The summer movie season is coming to a close and we're kind of running out of tentpole releases to... Yep. So we might have some dry dry <laughs> weeks where we can have special guests in and or uh, just do movie commentary. Yep. So listen for that because that'll be fun. Because we're so clever, everyone's going to want to hear what we have to say about movies. Right. We're the most important reference for movies. Totally. Anywho, for, uh, sorry that, guy that comedy is so hard to critique. <laughs> so I was all over the place today. We apologize for the disappointing. If you expected more out of a horrible review for Horrible review. Bosses. Do you ever feel bad? I'll just bring this up before we end this. Uh, when Colin Farrell 
makes fun of a dude in a wheelchair and you laugh because he wants his handicap sticker. <laughs> I don't know if you should laugh at that stuff, but it's funny. Maybe because he's such a despicable person that you think it's funny because you would never say that about somebody. Right, yeah. He's, his character's despicable. That's all I can say about it. Like yeah. That's something you expect that his character would do. <laughs> Rolling around on a special fetched. chair. Yeah, calling him Professor X, tell, you know, saying that he's creepy because of it. Yeah. Like, it's only natural that he'd you know, still want to take advantage of his handicap. <laughs> That was um, funny. Anyways, thanks for listening to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. I'm Brad. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, and remember, if you want real news from Real Nerds, tune in. Tune in. Let me try that again. Make sure you edit this, Brad. I don't want any people knowing that I stumble over lines. Right, I'll make you look good. Thanks. If you want real news from Real Nerds, make Start sure you over. tune in every week. Why? You still watched it. You're like, and if you want real ner- news, do it again. You're a fucking asshole. If you want real news from real nerds, make sure you tune in every week. You can find us on iTunes. You can also get our RSS feed from our blog site on Tumblr.com. You can find us at Real Nerds on Tumblr as well. You can email me personally at rodstew2 at yahoo.com. And Brad, if they want to email you, how do they email you? Um, They can just contact me through the fan mail icon on the real nerds tumblr site um and if you are interested in hearing past past commentaries and uh insights into movies there's also nebcast on nebulousvisions.com and itunes and where's a really cool fun website that we have that you have not mentioned yet you're wearing the t-shirt dude oh um and if you like uh toilet humor and (laughs) aliens and sci-fi and observations askewed observations of earth culture please check out com, where nine aliens crash land on earth and regurgitate what they experience in earth culture absolutely so there's a lot of way to reach us and you can also reach us on facebook that's right at uh the real nerds podcast groups page become a member get all the information as soon as we post it Yep. And or you can look us up on you can, you know, click on our you can become our friends. We'll be your friends on Facebook. Yep. We want a nerd army to form. Yeah, or if there's a commentary on a movie you want us to comment on, please Yeah, send give me suggestions. Ideas. So suggestions because we'll sit down and we'll talk about it and hopefully it's not a shitty movie because then we'll never take suggestions from our listeners again. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of commentaries, stay tuned because Real Nerds will be posting its first movie commentary. We will be. You're not going to introduce it at all? Oh, you want me to introduce it? Yeah. Night of the Living Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. The first World Nerds commentary will be... Night of the Living Dead. Oh, no! Woo!